This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, and all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're going to work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait. If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide to engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. There are lots of ways to describe how our students are proficient at math. What comes to mind when I say that? Measuring our students' math proficiency. Hopefully, the five strands of math proficiency come to mind. We've spent the last few weeks, each Wednesday episode, breaking down the five strands of math proficiency from the research inside of adding it up. If you didn't catch those episodes, you can go ahead and scroll back through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. Or if you go to monamath.com slash five dash strands, where I have all of those episodes linked for you to listen to easily. However, those five strands aren't the only way that we define math proficiency. In fact, they work closely with the Common Core State Standards Standards for Mathematical Practice. So Standards for Mathematical Practice describe the varieties of expertise to develop students from K to college in math. They focus on processes and proficiencies in math. The processes are based on NCTM's process standards for problem solving, reasoning, communication and representations, and drawing those mathematical connections. The second set of standards are based on the five strands of mathematical proficiency, which we just did that whole series on. So you can go back and listen to those, and those are going to connect nicely with the standards of mathematical practice that we're talking about today. The standards for mathematical practice describe how students develop as mathematicians throughout their elementary, middle, and high school years. They connect mathematical practices to content. So let's break down what these standards include. They include behaviors of mathematicians, understanding of math, development of reasoning, and mathematical communication. They are interwoven, but each unique. They use math to think about math. I want to say that one again because I love it. The standards for mathematical practice ask our students to use math to think about math. Gone are the days of teaching our students isolated skills and then allowing them to, quote, do math. Instead, we have to do math. We have to use math to think about the math. 
NCTM has a suggested way to think about standards for mathematical practices using these questions to reflect on. So number one is when you're looking at one of these standards for mathematical practice, think about why is this practice important? Then think about what does this practice look like when students are doing it? And then number three, how can a teacher model this? So we're thinking about why is it important? What does it look like for the students to do? What does it look like for the teachers to do this? And then what could a teacher do within a lesson to encourage students to use this? So what teacher facilitation moves can encourage this practice? And then number five is how can you assess proficiency at this standard? So we're going to keep those five questions in mind as we look at the standards in the coming weeks, okay? So we're going to go in depth on each standard each Wednesday following this episode, all right? But let's talk a little bit more about the standards for mathematical practice in general. So what they are not and what I see teachers do often that I want us to just kind of get out of the way we're not doing these things. Standards for mathematical practice are not just posters to display in your classroom. That is totally fine to display them. I have them displayed, but that's not all they are. They're also not tricks to teach students or words or phrases to memorize. Because math is about more than just the procedures and the steps in the curriculum. Instead, we're transforming our classrooms into places where students do and experience real math. And that means we have to incorporate these into how we teach. In fact, I recently wrote an article for middleweb.com about moving away from the what and into the how. And the focus shouldn't be on which lesson and which activity and which students are talking and who's going to talk next, but instead on how. How can I engage students with this concept? Will they grapple with the content? How will I facilitate a discussion that deepens my students' understanding? How can I plan for what they might do so I can nudge them toward achieving the standard while maintaining their autonomy in solving and forming meaning? We know learning is done best when new learning is linked and attached to old learning. Students form meaning when they move just a bit down that progression. And if I understand what five is, I can then see that six is one more than five. And if I can see that two halves is two parts of a whole, then I might be able to name what the denominator means in the fraction. However, when our scope and sequence moves in ways that our student's brain doesn't, it moves too fast or it introduces new concepts that don't link to that old learning then we lose our students. They fall behind on that scope and sequence that doesn't actually even exist. This is actually called the ladder myth. The ladder myth is an idea that mathematics can be arranged as a sequence of subjects, each being in some way more advanced or higher than the previous one. Effect is to make school math into a race. And where some students are ahead of others and parents worry that their child is falling behind. And where does the race lead? 
what is the finish line? What's waiting there, right? It's a sad race to nowhere. In the end, you are just cheated out of doing real math, a real math education. So the idea here is that it's not about what chapter comes next and what skills our curriculum says to do next. But math is an interwoven web of concepts. And when we give students opportunities to experience math, they will draw those connections. Finding the connections that attach to their previous learning and advancing along that progression of understanding. So basically, we assume math must be taught in a certain order. And in order to be better at math, you must get through that order quicker. And when you're higher on the ladder, you're better off. But in reality, math is that integrated web of skills and content. Or as the standards for mathematical practice tell us, the processes and the proficiencies. So if we know these things are true and math is composed of these processes and proficiencies and the standards for mathematical practice that students need to accomplish to be proficient at math, then how do we do that in our classrooms? You've heard me talk before that this is my mission to help teachers learn the how. Because too often when big shifts in education occur, We learn what the shifts are, we learn why they're important, but rarely do people have the answers as to how to accomplish those shifts in our day-to-day lives. And when people do have ideas for how to make those shifts happen, they rarely allocate enough time to learn them and practice them. So that's what we do here at Mona Math. We're all, I'm saying that like there's more than one. It's just me, y'all. I'm Mona. Anyway, the dream, the dream is to have a team, but right now it's just me. What I do here at Mona Math is help you figure out the why. And the best part is, although it's complex, it doesn't have to be hard. We have to be smart about what we do and plan using highly effective strategies, high-yield instructional practices. So how do we bring these standards of mathematical practice to our students in our day-to-day lives, in our classrooms? Here's some ideas of how. Through daily problem solving, through daily productive struggle, daily math discourse, daily math culture building, you see a pattern here? Daily time to reflect, set goals, and work toward them. Daily time to share our reasoning and critique the reasoning of others. Daily time to justify with words, pictures, and numbers. And daily time to grapple with complex problems. I feel like I could go on and on. But instead, for the next few weeks in mini math chats on Wednesdays, we'll be diving into one of each of the standards for mathematical practice. First up is number one, make sense of problems and persevere in solving them on this Wednesday. So I'll meet you right back here on Wednesday for standards for mathematical practice number one. Well, that was your dose of honest math chat for today, friend. Thanks so much for listening. It would mean so much to me if you subscribed, shared this podcast with your friend, or leave a comment. (laughs) 
If you have not downloaded my free guide that I made in response to the questions you have all about engaging your students in math discussions, go grab it, monamath.com discussions. And if you have other questions that I haven't answered, shoot me a DM on Instagram at hellomonamath. I can't wait to chat more with you next week. Remember, we're here every Monday. I'm always listening on my way to work. When do you listen? See you soon, friend.